Good morning, Chillinois. Today's episode will feature a few short clips from the show called At the Virtual Table with Laura Washington and Lynn Sweet. I'm playing today's clips because they feature our friend Tom Shuba from the Chicago Sun-Times. I'm hoping that these clips provide you with an abbreviated recap of what the hell's going on in the Illinois cannabis industry as you head into your weekend. Enjoy. And Tom Shuba has been a staff reporter to Chicago Sun-Times since 2017, where he covers breaking news, crime, and the exploding cannabis industry. This year, his work on the pot beat earned him a Peter Lizagor Award and two first place honors in the Illinois Press Association's Editorial Excellence Contest. Tom lives in Avondale with his wife, Nina, and their 10-month-old daughter, Edith. Hi there, Tom. How about you? What is, what's the hot the headline, the hot topic for you on pot these days? You know, we're kind of still stuck in, um, in a state of gridlock over uh, some really lucrative uh, dispensary licenses, which were a really big part of uh, legalizing recreational weed was this idea of you know, we're going to do this and we're going to equitably issue, issue these. We're going to try to give them to people who are from areas that have been most harmed by past weed enforcement. Um, so the and, that, and that would be and that would be communities of color, minority yeah. communities because of the because of disparities in, in, in enforcement of, of weed laws. Precisely. And, and you know, unfortunately, they were, you know, legally, they weren't able to do this along racial lines. So how they had to do this was to say, through these uh, Bureau of Labor Statistics regions and pick them out. And either you had to be from there or you had to have a past cannabis uh, arrest or conviction. Uh, there were specific ways that you could or could qualify as a so-called social equity applicant. And the idea was to prioritize these licenses to these folks because as it stands right now, the marijuana industry in Illinois is very white, it's very corporate, and you know, as we speak, uh, you know, recreational marijuana sales have now probably surpassed a billion dollars for the year. Um, so it's, it's a huge amount of money. What's happened is there's been huge amount of blowback over how the licensing process has went. That's resulted in just a steady stream of lawsuits. Um, what's happened now is uh, the Illinois Supreme Court is trying to consolidate some of these lawsuits to make it a little bit more manageable because as it stands, it's just a complete and utter mess. Mm. They have named the winners of 185 dispensary licenses, but there's a court case in Cook County that's holding up the issuance of those licenses. Um, and there was a hearing in that case today that was um, kind of uh, laughable because it was just so, um, it didn't seem like anyone really had an answer of what happens next with the consolidation of these cases. Um, you have the attorney general's office kind of saying, having proposals for how to move forward. You have the judge kind of saying, whoa, 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 step back. First, we have to hear from everyone who's involved and who may want to be involved because you had all these attorneys kind of chomping at the bit and saying, well, we filed the lawsuit too and we wanna be in the consolidated case too. So there's, this drama that is, uh, you know, underpinned by this issue of the state not meeting its goal of, you know, really uh, diversifying this this really burgeoning developing industry. So um, what went so what went wrong? I mean, there was there were good intentions, and every everyone agreed that 
this this the, they wanted to make sure the communities of color, uh, disenfranchised communities, were, were going to benefit. So, what, how did it all go awry? It seems like there was some issues um, with the grading of the applications at first. Um, the state has spent millions and millions of dollars um, to the global accounting firm KPMG to grade those applications. Um, when they first announced who the finalists were, they had a lottery process to actually issue the licenses or to dole out the licenses. Um, there was there was a lot of uh, criticism because only 21 of hundreds of groups were named as finalists. So when that happened, uh, you know, Pritzker kind of drew back and said, okay, well, we'll have this kind of, uh, you know, secondary application process where we'll, you know, give other people a chance to get stuff double checked. And um, so they went through that process. They added more than double the amount of new licenses through new legislation. They tried to uh, redefine what social equity is for some of those new licenses and moving forward. Um, and yet we're kind of still stuck here. And what happened now was they had a lottery process that was conducted by the Illinois Lottery. And it appears that there were problems with that lottery process where people who should have been in the lottery were not included in the lottery. And so what they have to do now is have what they're calling a simulated lottery to give those people the same odds of winning the licenses. And then they will issue new licenses to those people. So it's very um, convoluted. <laughs> um, and and it's and it's left people really frustrated. So you know there are people who were named winners, and they want to know: Can we get property? Can we secure property? Can we get zoning in Chicago? It's you know they 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 you know changed the zoning rules, but it's still onerous. And you still have to get zoning changes in some cases if you want to move into certain neighborhoods, certain areas. Um, and then other people want to know: Can I sell this thing? Because it's worth a ton of money, and I've been yeah. sitting around and I've been burning money waiting on this process. And I want to know if I can offload this thing. Sounds uh, like sounds like a lot more lawsuits to come. Actually, I'm I'm sure there's probably been one filed since we I've been talking. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I guess I want to ask both of you. Um, is, uh, Tom, starting with you, you said that, that we were bringing in a billion dollars this year in in revenues and recreational marijuana. Is there a saturation point, or is is there a point where uh, the, where the demand, the supply out outruns the demand, or where do you see that happening on the pot scene? And I want to ask Mitchell the same thing about uh, gambling. There's there's much more illegal weed still being sold in Illinois, and the key reason for that is because the legal weed is extraordinarily expensive. Um, less so if you're a medical marijuana user, where you can dodge some of the taxes. Um, but still, in that case, uh, much much more expensive than the illicit weed. Could you um, give me some? Could you could you give me some comparables? I'm sure you've been out there uh, uh, checking it out yourself personally, right? In terms yeah, of what so, what it would be like legal versus illegal, in terms of know, percentages, or kind of the the baseline for um, a, a, if you're talking about flour, which is like weed, what probably an old school person like you understands it as. Now we have all these vapes and edibles and stuff, but weed, flour, mm -hmm. uh, an eighth of an ounce of that. Baseline is about $60 pre-tax and probably around $80 after tax then for that amount of marijuana. Um, you could probably get that from a, you know, a solid street dealer who's probably getting it from Colorado or California for 
about 30 bucks. Mm, no tax. Big difference. Big difference. So the taxes are going to, to fund, you know, things uh, that are important for, for reaching the equity goals, um, you know, drug treatment and, uh, you know, various other causes. So there's a bunch of different kind of pools where that money's going to, but um, you would think at the start of marijuana legalization, there was real supply issues, especially with the flower. There's a limited number of cultivators still. Um, so they really just weren't ready to meet this new demand when it, when recreational sales first started. They've, from what I understand, supply has really uh, ramped up and there is a lot of supply, but the prices haven't come down at all. So, you know, understanding the supply side economics of it all and, and why that is, I don't know. Maybe there's, um, companies were taking a lot of losses at the start, um, just to keep things going and to, you know, establish their brands as people first started to come into the legal marketplace. But, um, yeah, that's kind of the, a really big issue right now mm -hmm. is that. Tom, Congress has not allowed the legal weed industry, legal in Illinois and legal and not, but not everywhere. We don't have a federal, it is not legal federally to, to, to buy weed. And because of that, uh, the weed industry can't use most banks. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't see any change coming in Congress uh, right away because they've got their hands full. Another story is breaking tonight, uh, you know, about whether or not President Biden can get even his infrastructure and uh, budget bill going. And the answer is for the moment, it seems no. But what kind of an impediment is it to the industry not to have banks, but yet it is still growing? Uh, how, do, how are they working that out? And at some point to really have a thriving industry, do you think there needs to be? A, it is an impediment. And I think they have a federal, we have to allow these companies access to uh, banking. Yeah. So there's been different proposals, right? Uh, the, the big one has been like safe banking. And so there's been some thinking to say, let's detach the banking issue from what they're calling um, decriminal, federal decriminalization what advocates are calling federal legalization. Um, and the, the detaching those two things is supported, I think, by the industry, existing industry, who says, we need to get this done because this is uh, will kind of change the game for them. Um, and then you have advocates saying, well, then there won't be much impetus to do both if we do that first. So um, yeah, it's kind of hung up. It's it's a it's a weird thing where um, you know you have a figure as 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 uh, influential as Chuck Schumer um, touting to to kind of go to go the full way with this thing, and he he really earlier this year got in front of this and 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 right. tried to become the face of it, um, and it it didn't really go anywhere. And it's it seems strange to me, you know. Biden has never really owned this, um, but maybe with um, his uh, approval numbers sinking, um, it'll kind of, you know, on the political side say, well, marijuana is popular. Uh, <laughs> popular with swing voters, you know, so maybe as we get to the election, it'll be, there'll be more of a motivation uh you know, from the Oval Office to do something with that, this. Just well, I don't see that. So I, we have to roll, we have to roll out. You guys are just fonts of knowledge on these topics. And I guess our, our closing question is, uh, 
what's your favorite part of the job, given that you're both on the vice feed? Tom, what's your favorite part? Do you do you uh, do you sample the products as part of your research? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Do I do I like do I like marijuana? Is this <laughs> yeah, of course, it's great. Um, but you know, uh, I think like now that we're into a state of kind of like normalization with weed, um, it's gonna just become more and more common. Of you know, you know, now my dad, for example, an, an old boomer, he's a medical marijuana user in Michigan and I'll smoke weed with him sometimes now. So that's how, you know. It's another way to have a father son relationship. I love it. <laughs> they are changing, you know. <laughs> what about you, Mitchell? I was gonna say actually, that was, uh, it was fun last Christmas. Uh, actually, I did go out to the dispensary and I, uh, the whole family got uh, weed products for Christmas. It was fun. I got some honey flavored weed packets for my mom and you know, they make like ranch dressing packets. They make everything, it's very impressive. Um, but yeah, for me personally, you know, I, I, I am a big sports fan myself. So I was very excited to see the state legalize it uh, a couple of years ago. Um, but you know, as, as far as the job itself, you know, I, I just consider myself lucky to be able to work with folks like you, Lynn and, um, Tom and, uh, you know, our, our top political reporter, Rachel Hinton, um, every day is a blast. It's fun. Well, it's been a blast having both of you. Thanks so much. And thank you, Lynn. You, Lynn, you want to take us out? Right. Thank you, Laura and Tom and Mitch. Thanks so much. I uh, hope the vice. I hope you found value in these clips. I hope you found them informative. And I hope that you all have a great weekend. Till next time, Chillinoy.